Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Inside Nebraska podcast. He is Greg Smith. He is Steve Marek. I almost stumbled on your name. We do a lot of stumbling <laughs> It's a tough one. Yeah. I'm Zach Carpenter, publisher of Inside Nebraska, and uh, we're coming to you after Mickey Joseph's press conference on Tuesday to talk about the firing of Eric Shenander, Bill Bush taking over, and um, a bunch of other tidbits and uh, pieces of information. But first off, Steve, what, uh, what was like your main takeaway from today's presser? Yeah, obviously, um, after the game against Oklahoma, another major change on the coaching staff with uh, the firing of defensive coordinator Eric Shenander. Nikki Joseph talked today about that, and he said that, um, I have the quote here, the numbers just didn't add up, and he didn't see them getting better weeks zero through four zero through uh three and four so neither did we yeah and, and i mean everyone saw that everybody right? who knows anything about football watches football could see that that was uh, definitely happening so um obviously that was a that was a big talking point and then with shenander out that means somebody needs to take over that d coordinator spot and that's going to be bill bush who had who has been a d coordinator in his in his long coaching career before nebraska it was at utah state yeah back. utah state um he had a, he had a couple good defenses there um and then also that means somebody needs to in charge of the special teams and that's going to go to um, quality control assistant Joey Connors who was in his second season here um, at Nebraska and, and so he's, he's worked with Bush yes for the last two years yes absolutely and, and um, Mickey also said that um, Barrett Rude, um, Coach Applewhite, Sean Beckton, Travis Fisher have all have already been helping with the special teams this season and they're just going to continue to do it to, to help Joey Connors out um, so yeah, those are the obviously the two uh, two top things. But then also, um, Zach, you can talk about it. The AJ Allen news, the season-ending injury. Yeah, we uh, we heard um, from some sources on Saturday night after the game against Oklahoma that AJ Allen uh, potentially and probably broke his collarbone and that he would be out for the season. Uh, but today, I asked Mickey about uh, confirmation on. Just sort of his uh, AJ Allen status, and he confirmed that he is going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, he didn't get into injury specifics, um, and he did say he had um, surgery yep, yesterday on Monday. Yeah. yeah, he said he had surgery on on Monday. He's back home in Louisiana, um, recovering well. But it, it's just like one of those Nebraska can't have nice things type of deals. I feel like that. I mean, AJ was one of the sparks and the bright spots of the offense. Uh, and just a building block for the future as well. Yeah. yeah what What is the impact of losing him? Do you think, Greg? Yeah, I think that in in the both in the short term, it stinks because you lose a guy who was like clearly a one B, one A, like if not two, kind of a guy um, with Anthony Grant with that nice one two combo punch that they had going. Um, also, the fact that he was so young and a true freshman that did not early enroll, that came in and played well right away. Like, it's, I thought it spoke volumes about how bright his future is. Um, and now a shoulder, collarbone-ish injury for a running back, and that is something that if you're going to have something, I guess you still would want it to be something like that if you don't think it's going to be running style all that much in the future. Um, but he showed a lot of good stuff on tape this, this season already, and I think he's excited about it. Yeah, I think it happened on the second or third play of their second drive. Um, I know he had like a nine-yard game, then uh, run for no game, and that's when that's when it happened. But uh, yeah, Steve. Yeah, and Mickey Joseph also, if you um, want to find the silver lining in this, Mickey Joseph said, you know, there's a good run, there's a good, really good running back room here. Hello, Gabe Urban Jr. This is the opportunity that he's been waiting for. He, he came into the game, and I know a lot of people are going to say, who cares? It was against Oklahoma's second team defense, but he was running hard. He looked good. Everything that Cape Urban Jr. has gone through, 
um, with the knee injury, and now he has his opportunity to get the backup reps behind Anthony Grant, and I think he's going to take it, take it and run with it. Yeah, it's just a, another uh, another note that's uh, just sort of a shame because Dakota's Crawford, true freshman receiver, um, out for the season with an injury, suffered during fall camp. Teddy Prohaska out for the season. He's going to take a red shirt. AJ Allen now will take a red shirt. It's just Fedoni's still out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fedoni. So these young guys, these up and comers who are very, there's a lot of hype around them and for understandable, justifiable reasons. And now they haven't been able to get that continuity and consistency to put those together. So, and, and with AJ, we kind of, I think all three of us agree it's going to be, we, it looks like it's going to be Anthony Grant. And this is before the season lining up like it's going to be Anthony Grant. We'll see if AJ Allen can sort of, um, boost himself up on the running back hierarchy in that room and he was I mean after the game against Georgia Southern I think we were all pretty clear all right this this running back room of five guys who there's just it's sort of helter-skelter nobody's getting um nobody's getting in rhythm like I think they're spreading the wealth too much then it was solidified between those guys and now you have AJ sort of um that, I guess it sort of hits the reset button, but there will be, like you said, the opportunity for Gabe Irvin to uh, to make a splash in that room. But in speaking of opportunities, it's going to be Bill Bush's opportunity back to make this full circle. What what do you think that the defense will look like then? Will it be more aggressive? Will it be uh, more fundamentally sound? I mean, what what do you guys sort of envision this this defense looking like? I would, you would hope that it's going to be more fundamentally sound. I think that's that. Uh, you know, from what Mickey Joseph talked about after the game on Saturday about doing more individual work and less drill work. I think he reiterated that again today um, about, you know, pairing things down and getting closer to the way that they practice down at LSU. We know what we know about LSU, but we know they always have great athletes on defense, um, and that helps. But we also know they played aggressive defense. So if you start to put the puzzle pieces together there, I think that we'll see a more aggressive defense. Um, I think you almost have to, given what we've seen with how passive the defense has played in some ways. Um, the first few games of the season. I think that you'll see an improved unit. I just don't know how much more improved they could get because the personnel is not going to change at this point. And with such change, yeah, and with such change happening on the defensive side of the ball, that leads me to remember what Joseph was talking about today when he said that the loss is on him and everybody around the state kind of like watched, anybody who watched that game was like, it's not on you, Mickey. But what he meant was he wanted, and he, he thought once it was 35 to seven, it was way too late to do this. He wanted to slow down on offense and, and create less, uh, a, just a lesser amount of opportunities on offense for Oklahoma, just to play complimentary football, help your defense out and not go so fast on offense. So maybe that's something to look at um, once Indiana comes to town and, and Big Ten uh, games start playing and Nebraska's offense huddles up more slows things down, maybe snaps the ball with under 10 seconds left instead of kind of going hyperspeed. Um, so, yeah, it just, it makes sense, right? Like That, when, when that stood out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that that's one of the things that may go overlooked in this press conference because he said a lot, and there were a yeah. lot of, like you said, Zach, a lot of news um, and notes and tidbits to come out. Um, but that was a big deal. Like, I don't think that, like, in the last four years, like, that has definitely not been the case. And that's just a kind of a style preference to go so fast on offense and not play that complimentary football that you mentioned. But if you look on the flip side of the teams that Nebraska plays, that's what they excel at, right? Like every team in the league seems like they excel at that. So I'll put a pin in that. I'm curious to see how that goes. It's what Iowa does. It's what Wisconsin does. Mm -hmm. they, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. <laughs> they help their defense out and 
you know, they have good defenses also, but so it's really gonna, it just makes, helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it really makes sense when you have such change and such a struggling defense just to, you know, when you have the ball on offense, slow down, Help take your time, out. try to grind out some first downs, keep the defense on the sideline as much as possible. So um, yeah, it'll be definitely, like you said, Greg, something to put a pen on and watch. Yeah, and like you said, Greg, a lot of little tidbits that might be able to get uh, uh, shoved under the rug or may not like think about right away because there's so much um, to sort of unpack. There's so many little things I think to unpack yeah. during that press conference along with the, the bigger items. But the last one I wanted to hit on before we get out of here, uh, because speaking of those little items, Greg, we noticed about the recruiting that he, <laughs> the plan, the plan for the staff when Mickey was asked about recruiting, they're going to go out on Wednesday. Um, so just, just sort of tell people about what the plan is and the impact of that. <laughs> So I was very happy to hear personally yeah. as the recruiting guy um, that he talked about recruiting was pretty open about the plan here, right? So Mickey said that they will go out, the staff will go out starting on Wednesday of this week during the bye week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to see games and to see prospects. He will be in Monroe, Louisiana later on this week and in New Orleans as well. I'll try and find out where exactly or who exactly he's going to see, but it will make sense. A.J. Allen is also from Monroe. Um, there are other prospects down there. Remember Zaylin's Hurd, who ended up committing the four-star offensive lineman to LSU. He is also there, so there's definitely prospects uh, to go and see down there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he pops in to see Allen, who we know is at home kind of recovering from that surgery as well. But the big news there is that all the coaches that have prospects with games are going to be out on the road this weekend, and that sounds like a safe fundamental thing for those of you that have followed along about recruiting over the last few years, but it's not always been the case, and I think that Mickey wanting the staff to recruit the way that he recruits, which is aggressively, is a big deal as well. And one last point, because I, I'm sure you maybe agree with me, maybe not, okay. but um, Oklahoma game, uh, I think Mickey was asked, like, do you think this bye week is coming at the perfect time, just as far as the staff structure goes, the actual team, but in the, kind of coming at the perfect time for recruiting, too, because you got these guys who are sort of in limbo, like Dwight Boodle and um, and a couple of those other guys, Cameron Lenhart, he decommitted yesterday. You got these guys who are sort of in limbo, and now they get to go out and at least talk to them in person. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that essentially I would be on the lookout for everyone, in every commit that was not here this past weekend will probably get a visit this coming up. And if it sounds like Nebraska's coaching staff will get out to see multiple people. Like, it won't just be Travis Fisher just going down to Miami to see Dwight Boodle. He'll pop to see someone else as well. Um, and I'll be really curious to see how that goes. And make sure you're keeping blocked on the site. Uh, we'll definitely be following along with that. But I'll, I'll be keeping a close eye on all that. Yep, and we'll be keeping a close eye on this entire bye week. Uh, Steve had a story that went up today on Nebraska.Rivals.com about sort of the, the biggest goals that Nebraska needs to fulfill during this, this weekend, next week. Uh, we're recruiting coverage, and uh, I'll have stuff on the ongoing national coaching search that's going to take another two months. Oh, yeah, that's going take on. It, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We've got that in the background, even though it's at the foreground of yeah. most important, but still in the middle of, a, of an important shape-shifting uh, landscape shifting season for Nebraska. But anyways, we're going to get out of here uh, and continue to provide coverage on the YouTube page and uh, at Inside Nebraska. So for Greg Smith and Steve Marek, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we will catch you guys later.